When I went into the voice acting, I sat and, and looked at who in that industry is a mover and a shaker? Who do I want as my friends? Who do I want to be on first name terms with? What publishers do I want them to know who I am and what I stand for? And how can I meet them? And so for me, that was a question of flying out to New York to be at an awards event where I knew they'd all be on my own. And I just went and but as a result of doing that, I landed a $30,000 contract by nine o'clock the next morning. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Gavin here. And this week we talk to Anna Parker Naples, author of recently launched book, Get Visible, How to Make More Impact, Influence and Income. Anna has a powerful story. Uh, taking her from wheelchair bound to the red carpet in Hollywood. Um, it's a phenomenal, inspiring story, but backed by that is a real passion and skill set helping you get more visible in your business. Um, she builds a very compelling case about why it's important to build your personal brand as well as that of your company and that of your, uh, your product or your service. And even if you're looking to sort of exit yourself from your business and your business not to be all about you, you've always got to be looking at what might be your next projects. And so we have a great conversation about the things that you can do practically in your business in order to get more visible and uh, how you can surround yourself with the right people to help achieve that. Um, you know, great quotes like when you get your personal brand well known, you get more opportunities and more collaborations. So you'll enjoy this fascinating conversation with Anna Parker Naples when I spoke to her a couple of weeks ago when she was right in the thick of what has become an incredibly successful uh, book launch for Get Visible, How to Make More Impact, Influence and Income. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Business Mastermind podcast. Today is Anna Parker Naples. She is an entrepreneur and a business coach and has got a fascinating um, background and story, a powerful story I believe that I'm about to hear. And today we're going to be talking about the importance of visibility all around a very exciting book launch. So Anna, welcome. Hi Gavin, thank you so much for having me on today. Uh, as you said, I'm right in the middle of book launch week at the moment, which has just been crazy and nuts and um, <laughs> just much bigger than I expected it to be. So right from the top, let's, uh, if you want to share the title of your book, but also share just what you've shared to me before we press yeah. record around how well the launch is going for you. So my book is called Get Visible, How to Have More Impact, Influence and Income. And it went live a week ago today. So we're recording this on, what's today, the 26th 27th, of November? 27th of November, yeah. And it went live a week ago, this, uh, a week ago today. And by the next morning, it hit the charts. And it now on Amazon has reached number one in 11 categories across self-help, business, entrepreneurship, and it has outranked people like Simon Sinek, uh, Alan Sugar, Elon Musk. And to put this in context, I have quite a big story and I do have a little bit of a following, but it's not huge. But, um, you know, those people have got massive companies, massive books, but I think my, my story and what I'm telling people is really powerful. 
but again, you cannot you cannot know that your book's going to have that much success right from the word go. Oh, I'm I'm fascinated. I'm delighted for you. Excited to hear about how you've done that. But today we'll have a conversation about what the key messages in the book. But also, given that our listeners are um, very much business people that can that wanting to grow and to scale their business and often get too caught up into day to day operations, you know, the first part of our conversation is going to be the importance of why you need to become more visible in your business and about building your personal brand as well as that of your business and your products. I want uh, we want to get our conversation on to is practically how does a business owner that's got a lot on their plate actually create this opportunity uh, and create the space? Why do they need it in order to become more visible? So mm. before we get into that, Tell me a bit about um, your story. So my story starts actually 10 years ago this month. I was in a wheelchair with my third pregnancy and I was told that I would never walk again. And I went into, it was horrendous and I was, I was very, very depressed and feeling very stuck and isolated and resentful and angry. I'd been a, an actor before I had children and my plan had always been that I was going to go back onto stage. And I felt really angry and just sad for how my life had turned out at that point. And I dragged myself along to this New Year's Eve party that my husband and my parents literally forced me out of bed. I wasn't washing my hair. I wasn't getting changed. And we went as the characters from Little Britain because I refused to get changed. But I would put on a wig. And to put this in context, I've literally just this morning sent a a copy of my book to David Williams because my book is now trending alongside his on Amazon. And And he's mentioned in the book a few times as a result of what happened of that night and wearing that costume. But I I sat there in that room and I basically made the decision, I cannot stay like this. If I'm going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, I have to get back to feeling like me, the energetic person that I am. And I have to have to to come to terms with this so I can move forward. And so I went and saw a hypnotherapist who specialized in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, of which I knew absolutely nothing. And that whole session basically transformed my whole life. I started changing my language about my disability, about healing, about recovery. He posed the question, what if they were wrong? What if the doctors were wrong? What if you do have the ability to recover? What if you do have the ability to feel good about your life? And I'd never even thought that because I'd basically just gone, life is over and I'm stuck and I'm limited. So within a few weeks, to cut a very long, dramatic story short, within, within a few weeks, I was back using a Zimmer frame. And then within a few months I was using, um, I was actually able to walk enough to get in the car to drive the kids to school and little things like that. But in its own right, that was transformational. Transformational anyway. But at the same time, he really challenged me in that one conversation and all of that beginning, those new neural pathways really got me to show that I'd been saying about my early acting career that I couldn't be an actor and a good mum and earn lots of money. Because to be a good mum, I wanted to be at home. Now, you, Gavin, you can see that I'm talking to you now from a, a proper recording studio inside my home. And yes, it's all set out is, like a, yeah. a professional audio booth. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for me, then, that starts me on a journey of what happens if I open myself up to opportunity? I knew I wanted to be an international performer. I knew I wanted to be recognised for my talent. I knew that I had skills in speaking. I knew I wanted to do the school run and I knew that at this point I still thought I was going to be in a wheelchair for life. So what happens if I start looking at the opportunities around me that that could support everything I want? And I basically used the rest of the time that I was laid up in bed to learn everything about voiceover work. And initially I started working for big companies like 
Coca-Cola and FC Barcelona, Mothercare next. I basically worked for all of the top brands within the next 12 doing months. Adverts. Yeah, doing adverts at that point. Yeah. And then I was, re- I was recovered within a couple of years fully. And I wanted then to kind of get back to the acting space. And I realized that uh, actually in the US, particularly the voice acting industry was huge, particularly for audio books. They were a little bit ahead of us with the whole audible thing okay. over in the US. So I started doing um, audio book narration and video games and um, some, quite, some, some behind the scenes stuff on Hollywood films that are all under NDA. So I can never talk about what they were, but some quite high profile stuff. And as a result of that, and because I then had felt like I'd become unvisible, I'd been invisible and through how I felt about myself and my skills and my abilities, I just basically put myself out there with quite a strategic business head on my shoulders. And as a result, I won lots and lots of awards for my work over in LA and I was on the red carpets five times. And I literally three years ago was on the red carpets in LA thinking, I've got to do something more with this. I'm more than a voice behind a microphone. I've got to tell everyone exactly what I've uncovered and how to go about it. So now I teach entrepreneurs around the world how to overcome their fears about getting out there and being seen so that they can then have more impact in their own businesses. So, um, and then obviously my book has launched and it's obviously fulfilling a need that lots of people have. Fantastic. So the two core tenets to the book. So the core tenets really are mindset. You have to understand what you're saying about yourself and your sense of deservedness. So imposter syndrome is a big thing for people shying away from being in the spotlight, if if you like. And actually, if you get yourself... Imposter syndrome isn't just about being visible. It's about actually feeling worthy enough for, for success in business and in life. Yes. And, but all of it ties in together. So if you're not worthy in business, if you don't feel like you're good enough or you're a fraud and you're going to be caught out, you won't push yourself forward to take those actions to, to get your business and yourself as a personal brand more well-known. But when you get yourself more well-known, far more opportunities come to you. You get those, those opportunities to be a speaker, to be an author that people are following. You get those opportunities to bring in better and more high-profile collaborations and joint ventures because people know about you. And it starts with how you feel about yourself. So I look at that side of that, that side of stuff, that side of the visibility piece, it really interests me. And then I help people with the strategy behind that. Where do you need to be? What's going on in your industry? Who do you need to connect with? How can you get yourself out there? And actually helping them work out the strategy to do that for their own particular business and their niche areas of interest. So where do you, what are the, some of the strategies that in the book where you help people specifically with um, their deservedness and their feeling confident and great about being visible. So it's it, again, I talked a lot about language and words. It's going back to what are you saying about yourself? What is that inner critic voice? What are you constantly reminding yourself of? What are you saying over and over again? Because that in many ways is what sabotages our results. Because if we don't think we're good enough or we're thinking we're going to cock up soon or that people are judging us, which they are, people are always judging us. But if we let that stop us because we are frightened of it, then, then we're not going to get the results we want. So my, my work very much encourages people to journal, to become aware of their everyday thoughts and to literally then every time they spot they're saying or writing something negative about themselves, that they are then deliberately and consciously changing that language on its head. And people kind of say, oh, we're talking about affirmations here. And for me, it's much, much bigger than a kind of wibbly wobbly affirmation. It's much more a statement of who I am and who I'm becoming. 
because our, our subconscious mind follows orders. That's what happens. It's listening to the programming you are giving it with almost every word and sentence you say about yourself. I'm a big fan of an identity statement. Yeah, so writing out the the version of the future version of yourself yeah. of who you want to be. So, for me personally, I have I update that regularly, at least twice a year, and I have it on an Evernote on my phone, and I and, and I read that every day. And, yeah. and this is my statement to my subconscious about who I am, and well, the future version of myself and who I am growing into. Yeah, and and some people say to me, "Oh, it feels a bit silly to be doing that." Well, actually, I, I kind of counteract that by saying, how many times have you made a joke about yourself that really belittles who you are and what you're good at? Mm-hmm. How many times have you made that awkward joke at a dinner party or when you're with your friends or your family or whoever, or at a business meeting where you've denigrated your own abilities? Absolutely. We do it and we do it, we do it almost without thinking. And what I want people to become aware of is that that actually then informs the results that they get because that's what they're, they are training themselves to do and the results they get. Okay, so the things that we say, are, you know, if we're policing or auditing our thoughts and making sure that we're capturing ourselves, malpracticing ourselves in terms of the language that we're using out of that and replacing that with more um, encouraging coach, like, uh, you know, I can do this, you've got this, um, I, 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 I am going to be able to do that or get the skills. That's one of the techniques, presumably, that you, you have. Yes, to- yeah, very much so. But it's, I won't really say it's about coaching yourself. It's about creating those new beliefs. It's not saying okay. I, I, I'm going to be able to, but I am right now. I am on the path to this. This is happening. I am making it happen. Um, uh, and it, it's so minor. You, in that tra- moment of transition, when you mm. were in a wheelchair and your world was absolutely not where you wanted it to be, but yeah. there was, a, there was a, a, a physical reality about it. How did you manage to, you know, switch your thinking in your mind to you being up and around and um, walking and driving and taking the kids to school, et cetera? I think the important thing to say here is I was absolutely desperate and I would have tried anything because I was, at, I was the lowest I think I could possibly be. So I felt that there was no option but to give this a try because in that session that I had, all sorts of possibilities opened up to me. I literally came home and I explained to my husband what I felt I'd just discovered. And I realized that I had constantly been talking about pain, limitation, being resentful and feeling angry. And that these had actually been, obviously while I was in that space of disability and times were very, very tough, that's a natural conversation to have. But every time my husband came home, I would say, oh, I'm so sore today and I'm so sorry. I'm useless. I can't do anything with the kids and my life isn't It's so bad and I'm so sorry and on and on and on. If my parents came to help me, I'd do the same. If a friend came in to see me, I'd go into that same loop over and over again. It was literally my entire world. And what he showed me in that conversation was that I wasn't just saying it about my disability. I was saying it about myself and my professional abilities. I was saying I can't have the career I want because I'm a mum and it's a shame and I'm really annoyed and I wish I had this. It had literally been my language for a very, very long time. So I came home and, and we made a decision, my husband and I, that instead of talking about pain over and over and over again, I was allowed to have one statement, which was this, <laughs> I am having a healing day. Right. And that was my indication that I really couldn't do anything to help myself. So that would mean my, the kids couldn't be around me because I was struggling too much that my husband then would step in and he would then basically filter everybody to organize the children who would feed me how I would get things done how I would get you know if I had hospital appointments and I wasn't allowed to talk about it at all 
And one of the hardest things actually was telling my parents, please don't ask me how I am. That's a really difficult, challenging thing to do. Please, I know you care about me. I'm so grateful for everything you've done. Please, please don't ask me. That was hard. But what happened was I suddenly realized that I had, because I wasn't having those conversations, what else am I going to talk about? What else am I going to think about? And actually, Jeremy Kyle was a turning point for me in this. No way. Yeah, I know. Jimmy and Jeremy Kyle. So at the time, obviously, when you're sat doing nothing or you're in bed. International viewers, sorry. Would you you like to explain who Jeremy Kyle is? International listeners. It's, it's just been taken off air in the UK, but Jeremy Kyle for many, many, many years has run a, a chat show where people, <laughs> I don't know how to describe them in a positive light, people uh, come on and reveal that maybe they aren't the father of their children or they've slept with their mother or I don't know, all sorts of weird and wonderful things that come on. I'm sure there's many shows like that in the States as well, but this is what Jeremy Kyle does in the UK. And I was watching it and uh, was we watching that and this morning and the, the NLP practitioner said, well, is it true you're always in pain? What about, what would you watch in the morning? And I said, well, I watched Jeremy Kyle. And he said, okay, so tell me about Jeremy Kyle. What happened when you watched him this morning? So I told him what had gone on and he said, well, where was your attention then? What were you thinking about then? And I suddenly realized I hadn't been in pain at that particular moment because I'd been drawn into the sorry saga that was on Jeremy Kyle and so it showed me that it wasn't true what I was saying I was saying I'm always in pain I'm always in agony it wasn't true there were moments where I wasn't so you started to replace that soundtrack with what yeah so so what did you what was what did the replacement to that I'm healing and uh my body is healing and I uh my life is full of opportunity that was literally it, the sentence that went over and over and over in my head. And if we then link that back to the world of business, that could be, you know, my business world is full of opportunity. Yes. Um, it, I'm getting, I, I'm always in the right place at the right time to do the right deal. Um, I always seem to spot the right opportunities ahead of the market. Mm-hmm. It, we we can apply these things that I'm comfortable in growing my personal brand because that's going to help uh, serve more people with my product or my service. Yeah. And one of the things, talking about visibility, one of the big learnings for me, which came later in my NLP training, was uh, about belonging and about fitting in. As human beings, we so want to belong. And we many of the things we decide to hide about is because we're afraid of being rejected. And for me, that sense of belonging really stopped me from making the most of networking events, from going to networking events, to reaching out to people I'd met at networking events and building those connections because I was always afraid, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe um, they're going to realize that I'm not very good. Maybe actually I'm never going to have the success that I want. So why would I try? I don't deserve to be at the top of my industries. And once I uncovered that I had this very strong story about I don't fit in and I don't belong and that that was rubbish and that I could change it. There were reasons why I felt those things, but that I, there were other stories that would be more supportive to having the level of success that I wanted. I then started to tell myself a different story and I would take much more, I'm going to say the word risk, but I don't mean risk. I mean adventure in putting myself out there and making sure I was in the right places to meet the right people. Because if you don't feel you belong, you retreat. Yeah, from a particular environment, whether that be a networking thing, whether it be opportunities to do a pitch, to 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 open up a, a brand new contract for you and your business, you, you retreat. But once you feel comfortable in that space, 
then you're unleashing that inner creativity, skill, experience to show up. Yes. And not just to show up, but to have conversations as an equal. And people, we pick up on body language. We pick up on how people feel about each other, about ourselves. We, we, that comes through non-verbally. Only 7% of our communication is through our words. And yet words are that powerful. So that other 93% of me used to carry this, I don't belong and I'm not good enough. And whereas now, and now, of course, occasionally you do have those thoughts. It's normal to have that, that bit of imposter syndrome. That is a normal condition for the human being. But you don't have to let it rule every decision you make. But as I hear about that, you talk about um, treating others as equals. So if you're denigrating yourself internally, then you put others on a pedestal. You overcame that and you went from being at home in a wheelchair to being on the red carpet in Hollywood. Talk about a transformation. Yeah. And the reason that that happened was, I mean, you know, that was a six year process to get to that point. Of course. Uh, But when I came into the voice acting as opposed to the voiceovers, which they're very niche industries, I realized that, but they're separate. When I went into the voice acting, I sat and, and looked at who in that industry is a mover and a shaker? Who do I want as my friends? Who do I want to be on first name terms with? What publishers do I want them to know who I am and what I stand for? And how can I meet them? And so for me, that was a question of flying out to New York to be at an awards event where I knew they'd all be on my own. And I just went and, but as a result of doing that, I landed a $30,000 contract by nine o'clock the next morning because I went to a party and I'm not an extrovert. I'm, a, I'm confident, but I'm not an extrovert. So talk me through that. You walk <laughs> into this party, you probably know. It's an awards you know, event, a gala an event. Awards event. Do you know anybody there that can introduce you? Um, I oh. had one contact online. Wow. And I had What was going through your head as you were walking into that event? And, um, and, and well, I just, I, I just finished my master NLP practitioner training. Yeah. No, not my master's. I finished my NLP practitioner training, the sort of basic. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and what was the, well, I, I was, I was nervous. I'm not going to pretend I wasn't, but I kept thinking about those statements about who I am and who I'm becoming and where I want to be. And that really drove it all. And, you know, you can have wonderful conversations with people at a bar when they're all having a nice time. And, and, and I, you know, as a result of that level of bravery and courage, I suppose, and that visibility, then I made I made tremendous connections, and within a couple of years, I was then a finalist for five awards on the red carpet. So it's about putting yourself out there and taking those risks. And at that point, for me, it was about it was about deciding to to go at things as though it's a bit of an adventure and a game, and having fun with it. And so I that's think a really powerful distinction that it was an adventure and a game, and having yeah. fun with it. Yeah, yeah, but and and, and know, some humour in it. Yeah. So, but, but in that moment, though, you uh, you were no doubt effectively in a pitching type conversation with agents. You were talking to other actors. You say you landed yourself a thirty thousand dollar contract. Mm-hmm. Was there any questions in your own mind about have I worked at this level before? Or have I got what it takes to be able to land a contract of that significance? Uh, so I would say that I wasn't pitching. First of all. I went yeah. in to meet some people yeah, I because I chose that I was going to belong with them. Whoa. <laughs> and I knew that, that. Yeah. yeah I, I knew that I was passionate about my industry. I knew 
that I was ready to grow and I knew where I was going. And I knew as a performer that I was talented and that I didn't have to pretend that I wasn't anymore because of the language shift that I'd had. Uh, very often, as particularly performers, there's a habit of kind of going, oh, yeah, I'm just an actor. Well, actually, no, it's a skill. It's an ability. It's a talent. So why do we have to pretend that it doesn't matter? And I kind of got over that. Um, and I wouldn't say that that was a, an arrogance or, or, or an overconfidence. I would just say that it was comfortable for me to own that I was good and that I was rising. Um, and, and I knew that I offered something different to men, you know, all of the other American voices in the room at the time. But I met people as, as, as acquaintances, as friends. And, but, you know, I wasn't pitching. But you ask people about themselves and you have a real conversation about them and what they're doing. And that is how you do business. Fantastic. And how have you translated this into growing your, your, your business now? So as well as, are you still doing voice acting work? I, 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 was, I stopped about a year ago because um, I got too busy doing all of the coaching, which is much, and the motivational speaking, which is, what, is really what my heart is in. I felt very much that I got to the top in Hollywood and uh, I'd, I'd done that and that there was more to me. There was much more in this story to kind of get it out there. Um, so for me now, in terms of my business, what it meant was when I became a speaker, I knew strategically what to do in order to meet the right people, in order to make the right connections. And within eight months of launching my first online self-development business, I won an award alongside Rio Ferdinand and Holly Willoughby and Adele because I put into place all of the same strategies and, and they work. And again, you know, in terms of being a coach, I make sure I meet the right people. And um, those processes don't happen overnight. It's not like you flick a switch and it's done. Those processes are about building real connection, rapport, being known for what you do and people understanding what you do. Fantastic. Inspirational in terms of <laughs> I did story. tell you. I did warn Gavin I had a bit of a story before I came on today. <laughs> Hi, Gavin here. As the calendar is about to click over between the end of 2019 and the start not only of a new year 2020, but the start of a new decade, I want you to have not only a strong start to 2020, but I'd love 2020 to be a defining decade for you and your business. You, know, you need to have a clear strategy, a documented strategy in place. You need to have the right tools, the right business model, the right strategy and techniques in order to be able to scale and grow your business, but also the actionable metrics in place in order for that business performance to be measured and fine-tuned and improved over time. And if you need help in any of those areas, then you need to get in touch because I can help. And I'm actually pulling together a small group of uh, business owners on a three-month sort of kickstart for 2020 to help you get those things in place for your business and help you start what I hope will become a defining decade for you and your business with the really best of ways. So get in touch, drop me a line at gavin at gavinpreston.com. That's gavin at gavinpreston.com. Or connect with me on LinkedIn. That's Gavin Preston. And we'll continue the conversation over the phone or over Zoom and see how I can help you make 2020 and the start of 2020 to be the start of a defining decade for you and your business. Let's go back to the book then. So the first part, the first key tenant of the book is around um, feeling deserving of being visible and dealing with the beliefs that sit around that and the concerns that might sit around being visible. The second key tenant is around the strategies of how you can become more visible. 
So one of one of the big things really is working out where are so working out who is it you want to see you, who needs to know about you, and really looking yeah. at who they are. So potentially who your ideal client is, who needs to know that you are at the top of your field, and you need to have an understanding of that. So that's that all all that ideal client avatar for whatever yeah. size or shape your business is. Then it's looking at who are your peers, who are the people who are on a similar level to you right now that you need to connect with because they are very useful and valuable to you. So rather than seeing them as the competition, how can you make sure you make the most of those connections? And then the third thing is looking at who is already a leader within your field or a similar field and how can you meet them? How can you get on their radar? How can you be useful to them in terms of you know, potential collaborations or shout outs or all of those things. And how, how can you build those relationships? How can you tell the story of what you do on social media? How can you make sure that everyone around you knows what you do? So many business people are having tremendous success, but don't even tell their, you know, brothers, sisters, their next door neighbor what they do because they feel uncomfortable about it. And for me, that's part of the visibility thing. Why not let everyone know and that's not shouting about it. It's not bragging about it, but that's, it, it's common sense. We all come into contact with about two to 300 people every week. You, it's hard to believe it when we're just on social media these days, but we do, you know, the postman, the milkman, the co-op. If you have natural general conversations with people about general normal stuff and you know what you do and who you help, why wouldn't you mention that in everyday conversation? So I help people to feel I guess, confident and comfortable talking about what they do so that you can hit more of those connections. Fantastic. So for a business person who um, is growing and scaling their business, they've got um, a lot going on and they probably could be better at uh, staying out of the detail, but they do find themselves dragged into the detail. Um, What practical things can... Well, I think there's two parts to this. First of all, why is it important that a CEO, that an owner, founder of a business is visible? And secondly, practically, how can they achieve that? So my, my little catchphrase is anything's possible when you get visible. And in terms of being a CEO, you know you, want your, you might be flourishing right now. You might not be. But you as a personal brand and understanding that you as the CEO are the personal brand you can create so many more connections and lift your brand, lift your, your business, lift your company because of what you can achieve uh, in terms of being a speaker, potentially being an author. Anyone who's running a company should be thinking about potentially having that in the back of their head as a way to stand out from the crowd. And ways to do that from a strategic point of view, make sure you get on podcasts. Podcasts are growing. They are set to double in the next year and a half. They are huge. So make sure you are reaching out to get on the right podcasts. Make sure you are connected with the podcast hosts because these we are becoming influential. Gavin's kind of nodding in the background there. Podcasts are becoming huge. Um, and there's so much investment into podcasting at the moment from Spotify, from um, Google, from iTunes. This is growing. Um, so make sure you're taking time out to prioritize that if you're comfortable to be on camera then get yourself on LinkedIn get yourself on YouTube talk about your business and your passion behind your business because it's those things that matter that's how people connect with you it's so important um get a a great media bio together speak to a PR company and not your business you as an individual 
because you know if you can get yourself in the daily mail talking about something or maybe not the daily mail but if you can get yourself into the national press or or uh, some publication be it a magazine or whatever or on the radio you are stepping yourself outside of your own comfort zone but so many more people are going to know what you do and you do not know where that newspaper or that magazine article is going to end up sure. you know and and that's how your message spreads and the importance again for for you know let's say for example that there's a successful brand a product or a successful service that this company offers and the founders sort of steered the ship from the background so to speak why why is that um why is strategic importance for them per, the business is doing well the product is doing well mm. they want to scale it they may want actually want an exit so they don't want the business to be all about them why do you think it's still important that they build their personal brand because you never know what you're going on to next, first yeah. of all. You never know where you're going. You want to become a key person of influence with whatever you're doing so it becomes yeah. easier for you to pivot, to change, to develop. Okay. You want to, no matter, so for example, Elon Musk, uh, Tesla, he's connected with so many great companies. But without him going out and speaking about the importance of his company and the importance of his mission, Tesla wouldn't be doing what it's doing. So those things, and again, you know, we look at Apple and Steve Jobs. So Branson and Virgin or Virgin. Branson and Virgin. Yeah. Yes, you are a separate entity, but you are, you are the mouthpiece for it. And it's thinking about yourself in terms of that. It's not your marketing team. You have to be doing it. You are the person who's going to be at the networking events. You're the person who has to be meeting the other influential people. And if you're hiding, if you're saying it's not me, it's the business, you're missing out on some fundamental marketing opportunities. Brilliant. So you built the case. Now, practically, how does a business founder and owner um, create, uh, increase their, improve their visibility and create the space and the time to order, in order to do that? I think it's about prioritizing it. It's about, you know, getting routine about every day. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have 15 minutes to myself. I'm going to work out, is there a podcast host I can connect with or my marketing team can get in touch with? Is there a way that I could host my own podcast? As I said, it's a real way to stamp your authority right now. They are growing and they're still in their infancy. They're about to go boom. Why wouldn't you be on that? Why wouldn't you make that happen? Uh, how do you make sure you're prioritizing networking and conferences and events? Now, they can be a real time suck, but that's how you build connection, actually being in the room with people. So it's about, I think, taking time out of your diary to say, where am I going? What's my longer term vision for my business and for myself? And how can I make sure that those key activities are absolutely in the diary and that they don't get pushed to the side? Really, really powerful. And then practically, what else could they, you, 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 you've identified podcasts, you've identified events you could attend. Um, if they want to be talking about their business, their product, their service, themselves, their story, what does that look like? A, a, a YouTube, a Facebook Live? So I, I think it, first and foremost, particularly, it depends on your business and where your ideal clients are, but LinkedIn video and Facebook live video are so powerful right now. LinkedIn is set to grow over the next 18 months. Video is becoming so much more important on there. Get comfortable talking about you and your business and the, the highs, the lows of your business, the vulnerabilities of you as a business owner. Put them out there because then people will trust you more. And we all know business is about that no like, and trust factor. Just, so I would say get out there. Don't hide. Don't hide behind the brand. Put yourself out there and you will get so much more traction for your business. So I, I, I love the, the simple step of 15 minutes a day of kind of planning time about where you can go to get greater visibility. Mm. 
and presumably maybe another 15 minutes to just do a quick video that you'll put up onto LinkedIn. And, you, and so, by the way, this doesn't mean a video team, does it? Does it, it, it this no, could be you with your I'm smartphone. I'm talking raw. I'm yeah. talking raw video. And so what I encourage people to do, the way the way that I often do this to maximize my time is I'll do a Facebook live video and I've done it on my phone and it's wide, you know, widescreen. So it's what's that called? Landscape. Yeah. Um, and then I'll download that and then it can go straight up into LinkedIn. It can go straight up into a YouTube. I can pass that on to somebody else to polish. But actually, the videos that get the most traction are, on, are, are the ones that are raw, that are off the cuff, that are natural. And we like to see human foibles we like to see vulnerabilities often the parts of ourselves that we we think oh my goodness I messed that up and I was rubbish and I stumbled that makes us human and it makes us appealing and so I'm not talking necessarily about having a production team making you look swish and polished I'm talking about showing up as yourself great great so um have you got any case studies from clients that um and particularly those say in business that were not visible didn't put any energy and attention to being visible and then they have become that and the results that they've got. So um, I've, I've worked with a, t- a television presenter not long ago who realised that she got caught up in this story of being resentful of everybody else having success. And so she always felt that they'd stolen her job from her if she didn't get the booking, for example. And she realised actually when she started to look at her behaviours and her attitudes that actually she'd been sabotaging her results because her stress would manifest in migraines. So she would cancel bookings at the last moment because she'd got herself so worked up about this, this, this sob story of being overlooked. Uh, and actually now not only does she, is she getting more bookings, but she has created this whole entire tribe of other presenters who are now looking to her for education and connection and rapport. And as a result of bringing that community of not just presenters, but the team, the, the, the producers as well she's then getting a lot more work so it's about being a bit more savvy about it um, I've also had other people who as a result of getting out there have come to me really with businesses failing particularly early stage coaches and early stage speakers they feel like they've got a mission they've got something they want to do but aren't really working out how to properly monetize it and they've gone on to then really work on their confidence completely ch- change around their offers their packaging they've worked out what their story is how this would appeal to their ideal client they've You've gone on to create really stonking media bios, get those bios out there without even using a PR team and within a you know, six to eight month period quadruple their income. So this is the difference that visibility makes when you start talking about what you do, and why it matters. So it's, it's that Simon Sinek thing. Start with why. Why does it matter for your business and why does what you do matter to you? And I think in um, a busy marketplace, uh, a prospective customer wants to look at a business and wants to look at the people behind the business and know what do you stand for, what do you stand mm-hmm. against, um, you know, what, what's the culture of the business, what makes it tick, what informs your uh, product or service, you know, uh, innovation decisions, etc. So uh, there is that case uh, because uh, for being visible. Yeah, absolutely. And you think you think about the the kind of things you stop and read and watch. We all love a story about how someone struggled with something, particularly someone who's successful. So so often we want to put that everything's glossy and everything's shiny. But it's actually the struggle and the challenge and the difficulties in a business that make it really intriguing to somebody else. What hasn't worked? What have you improved? What have you failed at miserably, but also then gone on to conquer? And and it's that journey that's really interesting. It's the template for every Hollywood plot, isn't it? The hero's journey. Yeah, I'm a performer. I love the show. <laughs> I love the show. So I was watching Frozen 2 with my six-year-old at the weekend. Just for the first time? How many How many times have you I, seen I, it now? It's so funny you said that because he came out and said, can we go again? 
again? Can we go tomorrow? I was like, um, no. And then he came home and he saw it advertised on Sky. He said, oh, look, we can watch for two. I said, I've just sat and watched you for two hours. <laughs> but my thoughts were, I didn't know whether I quite enjoyed it as much as Frozen 1. I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, but this hero's journey piece, I'm sat there being super, you know, analytic of the story and the plot and how the story is told. Mm. And um, I'm thinking, okay, so where's, where's the part where the hero gets confronted with the challenge? Because... Um, um, I'll get the two mixed up. Uh, Elsa's the... Blonde one. Blonde one and the... Anna. Anna. So Elsa's <laughs> frozen, literally frozen. So, oh, well, where's her? And then the whole plot, of, if you've obviously seen it, twist, twist <laughs> to being about her facing her demons and her inner confidence <laughs> and doing the next right thing. And I, and I thought, clever, love how they've done that. And it actually makes the whole story even more compelling because she doesn't have these powers. Look at mm-hmm. me, I'm enthusing about... Uh, I, I love it. I did not know we were going to be talking Disney today on this business podcast. <laughs> but the point and the link about business and podcast sorry, and Disney and visibility and creating a followership is the power of a story to hook people in because they want to hear about you, warts and all, not the polished. It's human right? connection. The human human connection. connection. Yeah. And about being real and... Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not encouraging people to go out and share everything about their entire life. There are things I don't talk about in terms of my children, my my relationship, my marriage and all sorts of things. But other parts of my life, how I think, how I feel, I will put that out there. And and that is how people then feel like they know you. So they're more likely to do business with you. Fantastic. Incredibly powerful. So in terms of uh, the book launch, hugely exciting. So the middle of, uh, so last week or uh, uh, the 20th or there or thereabouts of November, yeah. the ebook came out. So now presumably the paperback. Uh, paperback was- came out last week as well. That came out on Thursday. And we're just waiting any minute for Audible to approve the audiobook, which is insane because I've literally recorded that audiobook from this, airing cupboard that is now my professional studio that was created because I was wheelchair bound. And, and the story is really about my own going from invisible to being very, very public about what I do and, and being a motivational speaker and helping other people to get out there. So the audio book, I think is, I think it's going to be a good one. So look out you for that. Any day now. So. You're a pro. <laughs> yeah. If it's rubbish, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And then, and then also I have um, a podcast as well, which is called entrepreneurs get visible. There's a theme here. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> uh, and that, yeah, that's also, that came out about six weeks ago as well. Fantastic. And how's that doing? Well, it reached number three in the business charts in the UK and number nine globally. So that did okay too. So, <laughs> so it's been quite uh, a couple of months for me. Uh, apart from the brilliance of who you are, your energy, your story, and, and, and the value that you add, you, you've hit onto something in terms of a topic at the core of what you do that is, mm. is really in need. I think so. And, you know, when I started writing my book, because you were saying you're in the middle of the process now or towards the end of the process, I didn't quite know. I knew I had this story I had to get out. I didn't quite know how this was going to, exactly what the title would be and exactly what it was. But it was in, in trying to get my thoughts and my own discovery down on paper, I realized, you know, realized it really was about this visibility piece. It wasn't just you can do anything. It wasn't just a motivational thing. There was actually some real business sense in it. Um, and obviously, it's it's really touching a need for people. Uh, and if you look at the generations now, I heard a, a stat in a, in a podcast interview that I did just the other day was saying the number one uh, role that um, sort of young teenagers, um, children, 
of the US and the UK want now is to be a YouTube influencer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. visibility. But they, they, they have that all around. You know, but, um, my, my, my two boys now are well into watching Stephen Scherer and the uh, Scherer farm. Uh, so it's, I've had an exposure to the whole YouTuber world. And um, but, but he's now talking to me about, right, when can we start my own channel, Daddy? Yeah. So my nine-year-old, he's, at, he's actually at home today. He's actually a little bit devastated that the press campaign goes out today because we have a very unusual surname, Parker Naples. And so when he starts his YouTube career, he's a bit concerned that my embarrassing success um, is going <laughs> then impact on his YouTube career so <laughs> definitely bringing me back down to earth <laughs> oh, brilliant embarrassed by mum oh, oh no <laughs> so brilliant there I am celebrating how big the launch has been and my, my, my children are just oh no no mum <laughs> the irony of that he's having his own going on his own journey about whether he belongs well, absolutely. And whether his mum just makes him stand out from the crowd way too much. Yeah, that's what it is. It all comes down to this, this sense of belonging and deservedness. Uh, that is the root cause of so many limiting beliefs about what we're capable of. So I of. think the worst possible question, anybody never said this before, the worst possible question anybody could ever ask of themselves is, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. What's your response to that? The reasons you think you're not are part of a story that you've been telling yourself for potentially from potentially six weeks old to seven years old. We form most of our limiting beliefs in that period. Now, do you believe a seven-year-old can know everything they can possibly do and achieve in their lifetime? Absolutely not. No. Can a six-week-old baby? Of course not. No, of course not. And yet we are all carrying around this baggage of I do not belong and I do not deserve and I'm not good enough that's come from that period in our life or from something traumatic that's happened to us later on. And we make decisions about who we are in a way to protect ourselves at that point with limited resources available to us at that point. We didn't make the wrong decision. We made complete, completely the right decision at that time. But that time has now passed. And so if you feel that you are a person who should be doing more, should be having more impact, having more influence, and you are frustrated with the results you're getting, you go back to this stuff, this stuff that you've been carrying around with for a very long time about I'm not good enough, and you uncover what that's all about, you can transform so much of your, not just your business success, but your personal level of, I don't even know what the word is, I'm lost for a word on this, your personal level of achievability of deserving of of being congruent with what you want to have out of life and the contribution you can make to the society and the contribution yeah so that's the thing for me in getting this book out there and getting my story out there yes i'm getting visible but the reason i've chosen to chosen to do that is because i want other people to have more impact and i like the idea of that ripple effect well you're certainly doing that um I, you, uh, I'm captivated by this conversation, your story, you have phenomenal energy, um, but there's incredible skill and depth. And I mean that out of all humility. I have spent a lot of time in the world of NLP and you are a natural and masterful uh, practitioner of those skills and you, and you apply that into the work that you do to create a transformation in people. So I, I'm really honoured to have spent time with you today, Anna. And, oh, that's very kind of you, Gavin. Thank you. It's been a great um, chat. So 
So if anybody wants to find out about your book and about you and the work that you do, um, just say a little bit, actually, before you do the, the links for the book and you, just talk about the work you do now in your coaching business and your entrepreneurial career. So I tend to work with people one-to-one or in a mastermind capacity to really get to grips with what they're thinking about themselves. So we start with that NLP, but with a real focus on the visibility piece. We start there. It's not just a kind of random chat. We start with why are you holding yourself back? How are you holding yourself back? What are the blocks you're encountering? And once we got through those, we normally have some massive light bulb moments. And then we start working out what happens in your business. Where do you need to be? And you have to do a lot of that legwork for you. But I will push you to encourage you to share share with you the, the kind of model of what that could look like for you and, and start to help you think outside the box of just running a brand and running a company to being that visible person and key person of influence. Fantastic. And so how do people find out about the book and about you? So the book is currently on Amazon. It's called Get Visible, How to Have More Impact, Influence and Income. And my podcast, which if, as you are all podcast listeners, head over to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. My podcast is a series of how to get out there and do it. Really short bullet points bullet points that are about 10 minutes long and then I have some great entrepreneurs come on and and give us a bit of a chat about the vulnerability of them getting visible or their journey to getting visible how they struggle with that with the imposter syndrome we have all those deep conversations as well as those how to get out there and do it yourself a real joy a real privilege to spend time with you today and I thank you very very much oh you're welcome thank you for having me you've been listening to the business mastermind podcast be sure to subscribe rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.